Right, all right. What's up, everybody? How are we doing tonight? What's up? Come on, H12. I know you got better in you. How are we doing tonight? That's awesome. That's great. Well, hey, I'm excited you're here. My name's Danny. I'm one of the uh, student pastoral residents here at uh, 12 Stone, and I just want to welcome you tonight. We, I'm excited. We are a week away from the party happening in this place. Who's excited for next week? The party? Yeah. All right. You guys don't even know what's coming your way. I'm telling you, it's going to be awesome. So if this is your first time here with us, I want to welcome you. I want to say that it is our pleasure that you're here with us. And guys, I believe that tonight God has a word for you. We've been going through this series called The Party, and, and literally we've been talking about the, this awesome party. In fact, it's the best party ever. It's a party that lasts for eternity. It's a party that will just keep going on and on and on. And it's a party that we've been invited to by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, God. And it's a party that we all have an invitation for. And so three weeks ago at the Back to School Bash, we talked about the invitation and we talked about what it means to accept the invitation from God uh, to the party in heaven by trading your kingdom of self for the kingdom of God. These last two weeks, we talked about the promises that come from accepting this invitation. The promise of eternal life in heaven and also the promise of the Holy Spirit working in us. And later on tonight, we're going to kind of hint back to last week um, because I think it's so powerful, that idea of the Holy Spirit working in us. Tonight, we're going to talk about the last element. I'm not going to tell you yet what it is, but we're calling it the challenge of the party. And it's the last element of this whole idea before we can get to the actual party. But before we get to that, I want to ask you in here, who likes the party? How many of you like parties? I'm telling you, I love, I love parties. In fact, they're going to show us some pictures uh, of kind of some parties that I've been to. This is the Christmas party that we had at the resident house last uh, Christmas. Austin was there. John was there. As you can tell, we, it, we called it a pretentious Christmas party, right? We had like all the uh, residents come. We had a bunch of our friends come. We dressed up, our suit and tie, you know, looking good. And we had a Christmas tree, and uh, that's at our place. And, and it was just a great time. And I'm telling you, we got crazy celebrating Christmas. Now, I've been to personal parties, you've been to some parties, but we know that H12 throws the most sick, nasty parties ever, right? Right? For example, we got the Valentine's Day party earlier this year, right? It was great. Maybe you can see yourself. We had a little dance floor going on, right? In March, we had the thrift store prom. You remember that? You guys dressed up. You looked ridiculous, but you also looked good, so you looked ridiculously good. So you, like, you guys dressed up great. We voted for prom king and prom queen. There's Brian Carey looking good like always. Uh, then we also had a couple months ago, we had our luau. Remember that? You guys dressed up. You, got a, you had a couple, you know, luau, and it was great. And we had a, a DJ in the lobby and the lights everywhere. I mean, it looked like this was a crazy place. So as you can tell, we throw parties here at H12, so you can expect that next week the party is going to be ridiculous. Sandy has been telling us, I mean, you're not going to recognize the lobby. You're, when you come here next week, you're not even going to know where you are because we're going to just turn this place upside down. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I've been to many parties. You've been to many parties. There's one thing that I know and one thing that I've learned from going to so many parties. If the party is good... I'm going to want to invite other people to the party. Y'all know what I'm saying? Do you understand? If the party that I'm invited to is like the party to go to, I'm going to have no other option but to want to invite other people to the party, right? It's like when you watch a movie, right? You see like, the Avengers and you're like, oh my gosh, this movie's awesome. And you go to your friend and you're like, hey, 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 have you seen the Avengers? It was so good. 
Or like Christmas, right? We're, we're so close to Christmas, right? Oh, I can't wait. Ah, oh, I'm telling you, it's the season, my favorite season. I love Christmas. I really can't wait. I know three months away, whatever. It's right around the corner. But think about it. Christmas morning, when you open up presents, right? When you open up the presents, what's the first thing that you do? I keep thinking like someone's knocking on the door. Um, when, when you open up the presents, what's the first thing that you do? You, t- you tell your friends, you text them and say, hey, guess what I got for Christmas? Guess this new present that I got? It's awesome. That's why, that's why, I know, we all, I'm, I know we're all on the same page here. That's why when we get something cool, what's the first thing that we do? We share it. We post it on social media, right? You're like, oh my gosh, new shirt, what, what? Instagram, right? Duck face, right? Whatever, you know, you got, you got to post. When you have something that you enjoy, you share it. In fact, I enjoy age 12. I enjoy here, being here with you all that I'm going to post it later on. So everybody, smile with me, okay? Ready? In three, three, two, one, and there you go. All right. So we'll get, later, we'll get some later on. We'll get some later on. What I'm saying is when you have something that you enjoy, you share it. And the same is true with parties. If I were to give you an invitation to a party that you know it's going to be the most awesome party that you're going to, you're going to want to share that with others. It's no different with this party that we're talking about. See, the party of the kingdom of God, the party in heaven, it's going to be the most awesome-est party. I just created a word. That's cool. That you're going to go to. It's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. It's going to offer us a promise of hope, of peace, of joy, of eternity in heaven with God. But it doesn't end there. See, the party, although it's fun and it gives us promises, it also provides a challenge. It provides a challenge for us. And that's the challenge of inviting people to the party. Because here's the thing, how selfish of us to be invited to a party in heaven, accept the invitation, and then not want to share that invitation with someone else. See, the party is the party because we get to experience it, get the promises, but then we get to share. Just like we like sharing the Avengers or with someone, or just like we like to share what we got for Christmas with someone, we, want to, we need to share the party in heaven with your friends, with other people. That's why here's the truth in your notes. The first thing is it's simple. When you enjoy something, you share it. That's just the truth. When you enjoy something, you share it. You share it. You want to let other people know the cool thing that you have, the cool thing that you just saw, the cool thing that you're invited to. And let me tell you something. The party in heaven, the party in the kingdom of God is going to be the coolest party that we will ever get to go to. But many of us have accepted the invitation, but can we invite other people? Here's the truth. If you remember anything from tonight, I want you to remember this point. Invited people invite people. You see, you've been invited. Now you get the opportunity to invite someone else to the party. The question is, can you? And more importantly, will you invite other people? Because if I'm invited to, again, to a cool thing, then I'm going to invite someone to it. Invited people invite people. But the truth is, if we're honest, is we get a little weird about inviting people sometimes, right? To some things. So here's a video that we, we, we got our a camera crew and we got Derek and we filmed the video that shows you how not to invite people to a party. Check it out. Yeah. I, my favorite one is the bathroom. Don't do that one. That's just... Yeah. 
Hey Amen. You get it? You get it? Cool. All right, cool. See, this is true in every area of our lives, right? We get really weird about inviting people to certain things. We can get like, I don't know if I want to invite them. I don't know if they're going to come. I don't know if they're going to say yes. You know, even in dating, think about it. I mean, we get really weird about inviting people to things. But here's the truth. There's one area that we all get weird in inviting people. I mean, I guarantee you, 100%, all of us, including myself, we get weird about this area. And it's inviting people to come to know Jesus. We get weird when it comes to share our relationship with Jesus with other people, right? And anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, have you ever had that feeling in your stomach? Like, I don't know, I'm scared to share Jesus. I don't know if they're going to like it. Like, I don't know. Like, dude, I'll be honest. I've been there before. I've had that feeling before. Guys, when I was in high school, I shared Jesus with zero people all four years. I invited nobody to come to know the invitation of Jesus. And the Lord convicted me of that after my, high, my senior year in high school. And, he, and, and, I felt, and I clear as day, one day I was reading the Bible, and he told me, why did you go four years, and I gave you opportunity after opportunity, and you never shared the invitation that you were invited to, that you accepted that invitation, and you never invited anyone. Guys, I felt, I felt so convicted. And I'm telling you, I get it. I want to give you this, before we get to the Bible, before we go into, this, into the, the, the main content of tonight, I want you to get something. I know where you are. In fact, you're not alone. Everybody here feels the same way at one point or another. We get weird about inviting people to church. We get weird about sharing our relationship with Jesus with other people. We get weird about that. So don't feel, don't, don't feel bad about it. It's okay. In fact, not only do people today, the people sitting next to you, feel weird about it, people back in the time of Jesus, people back in his day, they felt weird about it too. In fact, the apostles felt weird. Disciples felt weird. In fact, a whole nation felt weird when Jesus was going to get, die on the cross for our sins. The truth is, every, every, since the beginning of time, people have gotten weird about this. But I want to talk about an example from the New Testament of two, two apostles that give us an example of what it means to invite people to come to know about Jesus, to know about Jesus. So grab your worship Bibles, grab your notes, and turn to page 1093 in your Bibles, and we're going to go to Acts, Acts 4. And while you're searching for that, I'll give you a, a little bit of background information on what's going on. Up to this point in the Bible, up to this point in the New Testament, we have found out that Jesus, you know, his ministry, we found out about his life, we found out about who he was, we found that he, or we learned that he died on the cross, that he was buried, but we also learned that he came back from the dead, that he rose from the grave, and that he gave all of humanity an opportunity to be free from sin, to have, he gave humanity an opportunity of invitation to be invited to the kingdom of heaven. And that's where we land here in Acts 4. And in Acts 4, we see Peter and John, two apostles who are about to start sharing the gospel, who are about to start sharing their relationship with Jesus. They're about to invite people to know about this relationship. And right as they're doing that, in the middle of all that, they're encountering people, religious leaders who don't like them, who are opposing them, who don't like Jesus. And they definitely don't like the idea of a party. 
Let's go to verse 2 and see what it says. Acts 4, verse 2. They were greatly disturbed. And this is, they're talking about the religious leaders. Because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John. And because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. Let, let me pray for us. Father, I just pray that the next couple of minutes, as we dive into your word, God, will you speak to all of us? Will you speak to me? Will you speak to these students, to the leaders? God, we know that there's fear in sharing our testimony. Fear of rejection, fear of not knowing what to say, fear of not understanding. But God, you give us a spirit of courage and authority and boldness. And Lord, I pray that tonight you will help us and guide us and teach us what it means to not have that fear. Speak to us tonight. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. So we have Peter and John, and they're out here, and they're, and they're talking about Jesus, and they're trying to share the news, right? They're excited, right? They heard, oh my gosh, Jesus rose back from the dead. Jesus is alive. It's the best news they heard, and they want to share with people, right? They want to go, hey, guess what, Mike? Man, Jesus is alive, man, right? He says, guess what, Adam? Jesus is alive. He rose from the grave. They want to share it, but then they have these religious leaders that are saying, stop, stop. You know what their reaction was? They were disturbed. They hated that. They didn't understand. They were like, no, 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 no. What do you mean he's alive? Who are you to say that Jesus is alive? We clearly saw him die. You're saying that a man who died is alive. And you know what? They were so disturbed that they did what? What did they do to Peter and John? They threw them in, in jail. In jail. Now, I'm pretty sure Peter and John were slightly afraid at that point. They had some fear. I mean, oh my gosh, here we are trying to share about Jesus, trying to share about what the good news, and now we're thrown in jail. I'm sure they had fear. I'm sure something came in their mind that tried to stop them from sharing. But the question I have for you tonight is, what about you? What stops you from sharing from the invitation to the party in heaven with your friends? And so I think tonight, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about two, two of the biggest fears. I know there were fears in my life when I was in high school. I'm sure there are fears in your life. Two of the biggest fears that I think we all have when it comes to inviting people to the party in heaven. And I pray that tonight God will, will help us. His word will help us and understand how we can overcome those fears. And so I think the first fear that we're going to talk about tonight is, is simple. Danny, I don't have all the answers. I don't, share Je- I don't share Jesus with my friends because I don't know everything about the Bible. I don't know really who God is. I don't know what the Trinity is. I don't know. I don't have all the answers, right? Maybe you think that when you begin to share Jesus with your friends, they're going to begin to grill you with theological questions, and you're just going to be like, I don't know. I don't know. Right? And you're afraid of rejection, and you're afraid that they may say, you're not a real Christian because you don't know the answers to this question. And so maybe in your mind you think, well, Danny, you know what? If I'm not a pastor then I don't know all the answers to, to, to the Bible and God. And, and, and let me tell you something. I want to clarify one point. Look, I'm a pastor. I don't know the answers to the Bible. I don't have all the answers to God. I don't have all the answers to, to the Bible. But yet I'm still here and I'm able to speak about what I know from God. Right? You may have a friend that they may come. You may start sharing Jesus with them and then you go, oh, really? Well, uh, what do you think about creation? It's good. The Bible says it was good. So it's good, right? And you get weird. You're like, I just don't know what to say. Dude, I'm telling you, I've been there. Here's the thing. 
God's word encourages us to say, hey, listen, listen, you don't have to be afraid. In fact, let's, let's see what we can learn from John, from Peter and from John from this. Let's go down to verse uh, 13 in Acts 4. And it says this. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. Stop. Did you do that? Let's read that again. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. Did you catch that? Did you catch that? So the religious leaders are hearing Peter and John begin to talk about Jesus. And here's the thing. The relig- some background information. These leaders, they thought, because they, they thought that they knew everything. In their eyes, Peter and John, who were actually really educated, they thought that they were uneducated. They thought that they were dumb. They probably told each other, like, hey, bro, guess what, man? This is how I think they spoke back then. You know, like, hey, bro, you know, these guys are probably not the sharpest tool in the shed, you know? These guys are missing, you know, two fries short of a Happy Meal. That's kind of what they say, you know? And, <laughs> and so they, they probably di- didn't think that they were all that educated. But, but here's the thing. Even though they were like, man, these guys are uneducated. Man, these guys don't know a lot. Look at, how, look at the next sentence in the, in the verse. They realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished. Pause. So here we have these leaders who think that these two apostles don't know a lot about the Bible, don't know a lot about Jesus, don't know what the heck they're saying, but yet they're still amazed. Wow. So you think they're uneducated, but yet you're still amazed by that. And so I'm asking myself, well, what the heck? Why are they amazed? Like, what could possibly make them think that these guys are amazed, that they think they're uh, are amazing, if they think they're uneducating? Here's the truth. The thing that amazed these leaders was not how much Peter and John knew. The thing that amazed them was that Peter and John spoke with authority. They spoke with authority from the Holy Spirit. You see, last week... I told you we would come back to what we talked about last week. Derek kind of taught us the promise of the Holy Spirit. See, when we accept the invitation to heaven, we gain the promise of the Holy Spirit working in us and working through us and guiding us and helping us. And here's the super cool thing about this. The same Holy Spirit that works in us today is the same Holy Spirit that was leading Peter and John during this moment. Is the same Holy Spirit that led Jesus during his ministry. That Holy Spirit is the same one that's working in us today. And Peter and John knew, look, we may not know what we're saying right now. We may not really be sure that, oh, you know, you guys believe us. But we know one thing, is that we can speak with confidence because the Holy Spirit is working in us, is speaking through us. And so I want to encourage you tonight and tell you, listen, you may not have all the answers. You may not know the difference between God and Jesus. You may not know all the verses in the Bible. Heck, the only verse you may know is Genesis 1-1, in the beginning. I think that's it. Um, you know, you may not know everything, but here's the truth. When you've accepted the invitation to heaven, which many of us have, I've accepted that invitation, we gain the promise of the Holy Spirit working in us. And don't turn to there, but we're going to show it here. Matthew 10 gives us this awesome promise saying, but when they arrest you, pause. I want you to think of this. When your friends mock you, when your friends ask you questions, when your friends doubt you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say. At that time, you will be given what to say. In fact, it continues on to say this in verse 20. 
For it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Guys, guys, listen. All you got to do is write this down. Open your mouth. Just open your mouth. Just say. Just just begin to share. And I'm going to tell you in just a couple minutes what exactly you you could share if you don't know. but, But just open your mouth. Guys, Peter and John clearly just saw a man who rose from the dead. And now they're telling everybody about this. And guess what? The religious leaders were amazed because they spoke with authority. Because they spoke with a confidence knowing that the Holy Spirit is giving me the right things to say. And just like that moment, the Holy Spirit will give you the right things to say. If you just say, God, here I am. I may not have all the answers, but I'm just going to start speaking. I just want to invite somebody to church. I want to invite somebody to know you, to learn about you. And Matthew tells us at that time, you will be given what to say, not because of you, not because of what you know, but because of what God will tell you, what the Holy Spirit will teach you. See, here's the thing. You may not know all the answers about God, but God does. God knows, and God will empower you. The question is, is can you, can you trust in his guidance? Can you trust that he will help you out? And you don't have to worry because he'll empower you. But if we're honest... That's not the only fear, right? See, because the first fear that stops us is, I don't have all the answers. And, and you say, you know what? I get it. I don't have to know everything. I get it. The Holy Spirit will be working through me. I get it that the Father, God, God will give me the right things to say. I get that, Danny. But you don't know my past. You don't know the things that I've done. You don't know the sins I've committed. And, and you know what? You're right. I don't. But you don't know my past, and yet I'm still here able to speak to you and teach you from God's word. See, here's the thing. Isn't it funny how our friends, when we try to share them about Jesus, they try to remind us of who we were. They try to condemn us. They try to remind us, oh, really? You're trying to share about Jesus when a month ago you were doing such and such thing? Isn't it funny that we let that take over us when we fully, clearly know that they didn't set us free? God set us free. That, that he forgets our past, that he erases that, that he casts that as far as the east is from the west, to the bottom of the ocean, to the pit. I mean, you don't, he doesn't remember that. But yet we let our friends remind us of our past. And so if I think the first fear is, I don't have all the answers, I think the second fear is, I don't have it all together. And I think if you get over that first fear of, you know what, okay, I'm just, I don't know the answers, but I'm going to be able to share because I know God will help me. Oh, but here's the thing. Such and such person, Tommy, doesn't, Tommy knows me from who I was before, and he, and, I did, and, and he knows my past. Here's the thing. The Bible tells us that there's no condemnation. Your sins are, are, are no longer remembered. And so what? You don't have it all together. So what? Your past is, is the worst See, Acts 4, 13, let's go back to it, to the last part, and 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 let's see what it says. It says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had never sinned. Is that what it says? Is that what it says? No. Let's see, what, what, what does it say? When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. 
See, here's, here's the thing, guys. Here's, here's the honest truth. These men had been with Jesus. And so I asked myself, what's so impressive about them? Because it clearly wasn't their knowledge, and it clearly wasn't their morals. So what was so impressive to these, to these religious leaders that they were like, we got to listen to Peter and John. What, what was it? You, you know what it was? It was that Jesus was in their hearts. It's that they had accepted the invitation. Listen to me, H12. And I wish I would have known this back when I was in high school. I'm telling you, this, this is some of the greatest simple truth, the most simple truth you'll ever hear. What will impress your friends is not how much you know and it's not how, how what, and, and it's not, oh, look at the person I used to be or whatever. What's going to impress them is your love for Jesus. What's going to impress your friends is the fact that you can say, this is who I was. And when they bring up your past, you know what? You're right. You're right. I, I did used to do that. Yeah, I used to do drugs. I used to party a lot. Yeah, I used to be a porn addict. Yeah, you know what? I used to do all these things with guys or with girls. You're right. That was me. But guess what? I found Jesus, and he healed me. He restored me. He made me new. And I accepted the invitation that somebody gave to me. And now you get to give that invitation to someone else. Here's the thing, guys. Here's the, your, your story has power. Use your past and use how Jesus has changed you and how he has healed you and how he has made you new. Use that as a way to invite people to the party, as a way of sharing Jesus with other people. Here's the thing. Your testimony is the most powerful tool that you will have in inviting people to the party in heaven. Your testimony is the most powerful tool that you have at your availability to be able to share Jesus with someone else. To be able to invite them and say, look, this is who I was, but look, this is who I am now. And it is because Jesus has restored me. But, but, but be careful. Listen to me. Be careful because here's where I think we can get it wrong. The truth is we can say, oh, yeah, you know what? I'm going to use my testimony. I'm going to use my story to invite people to, to church. But I think that we can, get, we can get it mixed up because we begin to make it all about me. And you begin to make it all about yourself. Hey, come, come hear my story. Come hear who I am. I'm inviting you to hear me. Here's the reality, guys. The, the truth is, you're not inviting people to a party that you're hosting. You're inviting people to a party that God is hosting. You're inviting people to a party where God is the one who's using you to invite people. Your story is a reflection of his greatness. Your story is a reflection of how he has healed you. And you're using your story and how he has healed you to invite people to this party. That's why your testimony is the most powerful tool. Not because of who you were and not because of how much you know or not because of who you are, but because of, who, of what God has done in you and what God can do in you and what God can do in their lives. And that's why at the Back to School Bash three weeks ago, we saw 160. 17 people accept the invitation to the party in heaven. And that was because, come on, yeah, yeah. 117 people accepted the invitation. And, and you know why? Man, I get fired up about this. You know why they accepted the invitation? Because many of you in this room took the opportunity and invited them to the church so that they can see that there is a party in heaven where there is a God who can make you new, a God who can restore you, a God who can heal your past, a God who can change who you were and erase all that, and a God who says, I am better, greater, 
than anything else this world will ever offer. And I am proud of each and every one of you who invited friends. And if, if you didn't listen, you have plenty of opportunities. You do. Step up and rise to the occasion. The party is not about you. The party is about God, a God who heals. The party is hosted by him. We just get to be a part of inviting people to it. Because why? Why? Because when you enjoy something, you share it. And I enjoy the party in heaven. And I enjoy God. I don't want to be selfish and keep that invitation to myself. That's why the challenge of the party is to invite people. The challenge of the party is to be able to share that with Jesus. See, let me, let me tell you a story. I had a friend, and, and this guy, um, he was big into drugs and into alcohol. I mean, that was his life. I mean, he lived and breathed by it. Alcohol and drugs was his thing. One day, another one of my friends met him, and we invited him to church. And it took a lot of times. We were like, hey, man, come, come to church with us. Come to church with us. Come to church with us. No, no, no. Sound familiar? And so we kept inviting him, and we kept inviting him, and we kept inviting him. Until one Sunday, he was like, all right, I'll go to church with you guys because you've been inviting me so, so much. Now, he came. Granted, he was drinking outside the parking lot, but it's okay. It's all right. Whatever. You know, he's, he's at church. You're drinking, but it's okay. I kid you not. Um, and uh, I, I didn't know if to laugh when I saw that or to like, oh, this is not good. But he came. And guys, after months of us inviting him and him coming and learning about Jesus, I got to see God heal this man, and I, I got to, he's one of my best friends today. We talk still, um, and, and, and he accepted the invitation. And you know why? It's because someone like me and my friend who were invited long before, and we accepted the invitation. We got to invite him, and here, here's the cool thing. I, I've seen countless of people, countless, he was a youth leader with me back in Virginia before I came here. I saw countless of teenagers and countless of people, 20 or and older, come to know Jesus, come to accept the invitation because he invited them to the party. Because invited people what? Invite people. Invited people what? Invited people what? Let's say it together. One, two, three. Invited people invite people. You're invited. Can you invite someone else? See, you don't have to have all the answers, and, and, and you don't need to have everything figured out in your life. You just have to be willing to share about Jesus. You just have to be willing to put one foot out. I feel like I'm squatting now. Not squatting. This would be a squat. Uh, you know, I, you, don't, you just have to put one foot out and say, here I am, God. Give me the words to say. I want to invite people. I don't want to be selfish. Man, I'm telling you, that's one of, you know what my friend told me that impacted me? He said, Danny, the joy I have from serving God is greater than the joy I ever had from being a slave to alcohol and drugs. And I'm, I will never get tired of sharing that joy with someone else. What about you? Will you get tired? I've gotten tired. I'll admit it. I have. But God has helped me understand that I need to invite people. Because I've been invited, I can't be selfish. I need to invite people. See, the party is going to be fun. And it has promises that it's going to be fun. And promises of hope and guidance. But we've got to learn that the last element of the party is the invitation. Because once you've been invited, you need to invite someone else. And, and, and here's the thing. You've been invited 
by the creator of the universe to the greatest party ever, to the most wonderful, the most exciting, the most, if I can say this, sick, nasty party ever. But the truth is, and, I, and it's the same for me, we have friends waiting outside of the party. And I know right now, each, each and every one of us, including myself, we are thinking of one or two people who we know are sitting outside of the party. See, we, we're here and we're enjoying it. But the truth is, guys, the, the party is not here. The party needs to go outside of the four walls of Cafe Theater, outside of the walls of 12 Stone. It needs to go to Collins Hill and Peachtree Ridge and Mountain View and Mill Creek and Burkmar and Archer and Grayson and any school you go to. It's got to go there. The invitation has got to go there. Because if it stays in here, then what are we doing? We cannot let fear stop us. We need to speak with authority from God. And I want you to go to Acts 4, verse 20. And it's so cool what, what Peter says this. What, what Peter says, it's, it's this. Verse 20 says, As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Man. Listen, guys, you have seen many of your friends come to know Jesus, right? I mean, think about last week right here. We had nine baptisms of students, your fellow classmates, who have been changed by the power of Christ because someone invited them. You've been changed. You've seen your own life changed. You've heard of other people being changed. And, and Peter and John experienced the same thing, and then they said, we cannot help but speak about it. The question is, can we? Can we help but not speak about it? Man, I want to be a guy that can come before the Lord one day and say, God, as for me, Danny, I cannot help speaking about what I have seen and what I have heard. I cannot help but invite people. Here's the thing. The challenge of the party is understanding that, yes, we have fallen far, but, yes, God has given us grace. And I want to share that with other people. I want other people to know, yes, you have fallen, but there is grace. And I've experienced it, and I want you to experience it. And so, who will you invite? Who will you invite to this awesome, great party in heaven? Who are the people that you need to invite and just step up and say, God, I need to focus on this person, and I need to, be, uh, I need to speak with authority and know that you can speak through me because even though I don't have all the answers, and even though, yes, I've only been a Christian for a week, a month, a day, an hour, I can share because I have the Holy Spirit working in me as a result of me accepting the invitation. Because, guys, I was talking to Derek earlier this week, and, and, and we, he told me that there's a study Literally, 85% of unchurched people, 85% of your unchurched friends don't come to church simply because no one invites them. 85%. Guys, if you invited 85% of, of your friends, they would come just from an invitation. And so at the bottom of your notes, I have two questions for you. One, who will you invite? To next week's party. Time out. Next week, at the, end of the, at the end of tonight, we have some invite cards for you outside. And I'm telling you, we're going to have fun. We're going to have dancing. We're going to have a live cover band led by John Joyner and the Joyners. That's officially your name. Um, 
and we're going to have prizes. We're going to have a, a, a keyboard player outside. Like I said, the lobby's going to be changed. You're going to get to dress up. You're going to get to wear your suit and tie and all that stuff. I mean, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be ridiculous. So the question is, who will you invite to next week's party? Derek and Austin are going to tell you more about it later on. But who are you going to invite to the party next week? Now listen to me. Listen to me. That's question number one. Here's the thing, that party next week will be a small, small, small reflection of the party that we're going to have in heaven. So my second question to you is, who will you invite to the party in heaven? Who will you invite to the party that will take place in the kingdom of God? And remember, you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have it all together. And I want to give you one word of encouragement, if I can, one last thing. Listen to me, last, last blanks that you have there, don't give up. Please, don't give up. Don't give up. Guys, I know a lot of you, you've told us, hey, you know what, I've invited my friend over and over. I invited her to the Point God Thailand. I invited him to the Back to School Bash. I invited him to the Lua Party. I've invited him to, to bowling. I've invited him to this, 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 and that, and they never come. But guys, don't give up. Listen, if the Holy Spirit's going to work in you, you keep trying. Because the truth is, God didn't give up on us. If he didn't give up on us, then we should not give up on our friends. Because they're sitting outside of the party, and we get the opportunity of joyfully inviting them to the party. Don't give up. Because here's the thing, guys. The invitation of Jesus is always open. The invitation of Jesus to the party is always open. And so as the band comes up, I want us to read one last verse in Acts 4. See, we've gone through this whole chapter. We've talked about the courage that Peter and John had, the fact that they went to jail, the fact that the, the religious leaders were astonished, the fact that they said, you know what, I am not going to get tired of speaking of what I've heard and what I've seen. And I want, to do so, I, want to, I want us to be serious real fast, y'all. I, I really do. I think, this moment, I think this moment God's going to challenge us tonight. And this is not something to take lightly. I'll say it over again. The party will be fun, but we've got to invite people to the party. You see, Acts 4.29 says this. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. I don't know about you, but I want that to be my prayer. Now, Lord, consider their threats. Lord, consider the fact that they're going to ask me questions. Consider the fact that they're going to remind me of my past. Consider the fact that they're going to joke about me. Consider the fact that they're going to make fun of me. Consider the fact that they're not going to believe in me. Consider the fact that they're not going to trust in me. Consider the fact that I may lose my popularity because I want to speak about you. But, Lord, consider the threats and yet enable me, your servant, to speak your word with great boldness, with authority, saying not I, but Christ. And so here's what I want to do before we sing this last song. Just like Peter and John got together, I want us to get together. And if you, listen to me, if you've accepted this, if you've already accepted the invitation, if, you've, if you're already saved like I am, if you already, you know, you have the promise of the Holy Spirit in you, you believe that, God, that Jesus died for your sins, that God is your, you know, your Savior and all that, if you believe that, 
and you want to take a stand today, because I am. Guys, I'm not speaking just to you. I'm speaking to myself tonight. And I want, if that's you, if you've accepted the invitation before and you know that you have friends you need to invite, I want you to stand up and we're going to pray this together. We're going to boldly say this together because if Peter and John said it, then we need to say it as well. Listen, this is not something to take lightly. You're saying, I want the challenge of inviting people to the party, the greatest party ever in the kingdom of God. We're going to say this. I'm going to read it one more time and then we're going to say it together. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. In the count of three, if that's you, and you want to say, I've accepted the invitation. Now, because I'm invited, I want to invite someone else. Let's read this out loud. One, two, three. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Father, I pray for these students right there where they are. I pray for our ministry. God, I pray that age 12, high school at 12, son, will not be a ministry that is okay with just us being invited. God, that this party will not just stay in this room, that we, that we have a desire, that we get a passion, a passionate burden to go and invite our friends, whoever they are, to your party. Lord, yes, there are fears. Yes, we are afraid. Yes, we may get ridiculed. But all that is worth nothing if we're not telling people about what you've done in our lives. So I pray that tonight, God, these students will write down the names of the friends that they need to invite, not only to our party next week, but to your party in heaven. And God, I pray, I pray that you will remind them of their story, of how you've changed them, and that they will use their testimony and the power that you have to share with them, to share with their friends. God, it's not about how much we know. It's not about what we've done. It's about who you are and what you've done in our lives. And so I pray that these students will speak with boldness, considering the threats that may come, considering the things that may happen. And we thank you that we've accepted the invitation, and we thank you for the promises that you've given us. But now we thank you for the challenge that you've given us. Because we who have been invited, we get to invite people. Invited people invite people. May that be true in all of our lives. We pray this in your name. Amen. Let's worship y'all.